Hi, I'm Carmen Wilde, and this is Business Without Barriers, the show proving you can break through barriers when you bring humanity back to business. Today, our guest is Anisha Kutuwahu, and she is a go-getter Mauritian, a woman who knows how to break through barriers to make her dreams come true. She's an investment professional who works for the World Bank Group. She started her career at the Mauritius Commercial Bank and then moved into real estate. At the GRIT Real Estate Income Group, she won the CEO award and her passion for Africa was born. In her student years, she transitioned from getting average grades to winning the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors Award and in her, in her master's degree won Best Performance Award, Best Dissertation Award, and the Investment Property Forum Award. Sounds like the Oscars, doesn't it? She's a true testament to the saying, dynamite comes in small packages. And today we get to hear how she's gone from humble beginnings to budding success. Anisha, such a warm welcome to you. Wonderful to have you on the show today. Thanks, Carmen. Thanks so much for inviting me to take part in your podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. So when you lived in London, Anisha, you worked at uh, Universal Pictures International and you got to watch some movies during work time, attend premieres and even walk the red carpet. How did this experience open up your mind to, to what's possible? Um, so it's crazy. I never um, thought I'd work for Universal Pictures International. Um, come year two of university um, and my father said you know it's going to be financially difficult for me to continue my um, studies to go on my third year so it was quite important that I get this placement and I came through Universal Pictures International went through my first interview with um, the director there um, and he was dressed casually like he had a shirt ripped jeans um, you know I was like dressed formally, super formally. Um, and they were so open-minded. Um, you know, it's, um, it's a movie company, but they're super professional, but open-minded, very casual um, in the way that they do things, but super professional at the same time. Um, and it was an amazing opportunity for me to meet people who are so passionate about movies, so passionate about what they do. Um, and they're also, um, you, know, um, you know, working professionally. It actually awakened my passion. I said, um, I want to be as passionate like these people. I want to do work in a field that, um, you know, I'm equally passionate about. Um, it did come with the perks, as you said, you know, walking the red carpets, move, watching movies during a release. But I think what it, the whole experience ignited for me was the passion for what I'm doing. Mm. Um, and, and that opened a whole realm of, um, you know, of dreams for me. That's fantastic. And what a beautiful way to start your career in, in such a a, a big wide world where everything becomes possible in the movies. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, you literally can make everything happen in movies. <laughs> fantastic. So it set your mind on fire, actually, which, which is amazing. And we're going to get all about that. And, and I'm excited to hear more about it. So you mentioned that your dad said to you, 
If one door closes, God opens hundreds of other doors which lead to a better place. Such a beautiful um, ethos to, to, to be brought up with. How has this teaching helped you overcome challenges? Um, yeah, um, just a, potentially a background about my dad is um, he is a superstar. He's a superhero. Um, sorry if I'm being... Um, you know, every every daughter potentially says that, but for for me, actually, he is a superhero. Um, so he's a civil servant um, who worked um, at the Ministry of Finance. Um, he previously worked at the Ministry of Finance. He's retired now, um, but that never stopped him from going for more. Um, he was a businessman during weekend. Um, the Ministry of Finance is actually pretty hectic. Um, so he, sometimes he would come home at 2 a.m. because, you know, the budgeting, budgeting process is actually pretty um, long and, um, you know, does the do-do over time quite a few times. Um, sorry, quite, quite a few months, uh, a dozen, you know. Um, sorry, anyway. Um, but he had a side business. He worked super hard on a side business just to provide us with, you know, higher education. And he tried every business model possible. He um, would work weekends, he would approach people on the new business idea he would have. If people turn him down, he would, you know, you know, go to the other one, um, make it better. And he always said, like you said, if one door closes, God will open a thousand odd other doors. I never quite understood it back then. Um, until I started adopting this attitude, this optimism, and um, and literally is don't lament and move on. Mm -hmm. um, just don't work the best that you can to achieve something, um, and then when the results come, you will you will be surprised about the results. Um, and if it's not good, then just move on to the next level and set your target and work just you know twice as hard. Um, to achieve that. Have you ever, can you remember an incident where the door literally did close and this came to mind and it just helped you move on? Yeah, um, surprisingly, maybe I'll, I should tell you the story at Gretchen where you're also an actor in the story. <laughs> um, so at Grit, um, I actually learned a lot of important life lessons. Um, I started working for Grit after, you know, it's my dream job, working in investment, uh, working in Africa, working with um, a company which is only starting up so you can help it grow and grow with it. Um, it's everything I've ever wanted, you know, um, and it didn't come easily at that point in time where I actually had to struggle to get onto the real estate um, path, uh, career path. Um, so I made the most of my experience at GRIT. Um, there was a point at GRIT where um, I achieved a great feat professionally and personally I sort of sacrificed a lot to achieve what I had achieved. Um, gave it 100%, worked hard, you know, put my head down to execute things. Um, but I felt I was not being rewarded for my hard work. I was not, I, I failed to get that recognition, like the most rewarding task were not coming to me. Um, it always went to someone else, you know, someone else just came to their executive's mind and not me. Um, 
I just thought, what am I doing wrong? What am I, am I doing that is different from others, but, you know, is not getting me that recognition? Um, and I absolutely loved my job. I knew I had great things to offer. I loved the company, loved the job, loved the people. So, um, and this is where um, Carmen, you came into the picture um, and, you know, um, Bronwyn and Grit organized the session where, where you came in and I met you for the first time. And you asked us to write about the four things we wanted to achieve. Um, and do not think about the obstacles, just think about what you want to achieve. Um, you know, the first thing that came in my mind is I wanted to make an impact in Africa and I want to be respected and seen for um, the work that I'm doing. Um, and you thought, you, you told us about how we can achieve it, what do we need to do to achieve it? Um, and I remember you saying that we need to take things in our own hand and stop creating excuses. Um, and I remember right at that time, you, um, told us about your personal story where you walked up to your executives um, at Discovery and you told them that you wanted to be an executive as well. Um, I took the advice quite literally. <laughs> um, the next morning I went to my CEO, I knocked on her door. Um, luckily she had five minutes for me. She always have, you know, um, she would always have make time for you anyway. Um, so I knocked on Bronwyn's door um, and I told her, very diplomatically that I wanted her job. Um, I really want to become the CEO of Grit, of the company. Um, I spoke my mind as to what I had achieved in the company so far, what I, where I believe the company is heading to and what I can offer to the company. Um, I also took the opportunity, I, I went to talk to Leon, who is our CFO there. Um, and, you know, he's, he's my mentor. He's my mentor in the company. But, um, you know, it never occurred to me to actually walk up to him and ask for feedback. I, I opened my mind to him as well. And he told me um, to make myself more visible and to make, to break my nervosity when I'm speaking in meetings is, you know, to, to swear in my mind first, not in public, to swear in my mind first and speak my mind. Um, you know, fudge everyone, we are going to, you're going to tell them exactly what's in your mind and what your idea is. Um, this was my chance to steer things back in control. Um, I took things in my own hand, um, started being very outspoken about my ideas, about my thoughts. Um, you know, eventually I adopted the attitude that everything that I'm doing, I'm making an impact. Mm -hmm. So, you know, fudge everyone, I'm making an impact. You know, I'm going to speak my mind because, um, you know, eventually it's for greater good. Um, even in the most minute mundane task that I was doing, the, at the back of my mind was I'm making an impact. And this is what, what I wrote in my paper that I was actually going out to achieve. Um, my CEO and CFO, um, thank you to them. Uh, I, I got all opportunities as well to come forward. Um, I got the chance to organize a roadshow in Ghana where I met with a lot of, you know, senior executives, um, you know, senior institutional investors with, you know, director general of, you know, major regulations, major national authorities. Um, and during one of the first meetings, my CFO actually introduced me and, and asked me to start speaking about everything. 
um, that, you know, uh, about a certain subject. So um, I started, you know, spilling out all my knowledge. Um, I could see the awe of the people sitting around me and my CFO as well. It was um, such an amazing boost. Um, you know, from that point on, I started driving deals on my own. I went for solo trips on, in African countries, which um, I never thought I, could, I would be able to do. I was sitting across directors, directors, you know, cross-examining me on deals, on, um, on, on our proposals, you know. Um, I eventually got the opportunity to actually speak in a conference of 500 people. Um, I was in Nigeria on my own. There were no colleagues um, there with me. So I was on my own just speaking to such an amazing crowd. And um, it, it was such a huge personal achievement for me um, and professional as well, because it was my first international conference where I was a speaker. But um, personally, um, it meant so, so much to me. Um, I subsequently won the Sears Award the same year. Um, eventually, it was about creating these small impacts. Um, despite the, the initial barriers, it's just changing your mindset, taking things in your own hand, and creating these small impacts that eventually, um, you know, you're creating the wider impact. Um, I think because it's at the back of your mind, you just attract so many amazing things. Um, just a year after, I got, I got this message on LinkedIn from this amazing HR lady um, from the World Bank Group who said, listen, do you want to work for this amazing, the biggest development impact company uh, in the world? <laughs> and um, for me, it's just the attraction, just putting it at the back of my mind, of your mind, setting a target. And the universe just conspires to make amazing things happen. Um, so thank you to you as well. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure and thank you for sharing it, your story with such passion. Um, it's, it's just beautiful to see how you've gone from someone who wasn't voicing what, what was living within you, but wanting it and yearning for it to this person standing alone in, in a foreign country and um, doing a talk and then attracting all these amazing opportunities. What, what apart from, <laughs> I love Leo's advice about swearing in your mind. <laughs> what, what she helps. <laughs> I'm an avid believer in, in, in those uh, profanities that do, do work. Um, <laughs> what else were you doing? Because your shift is very dramatic. I, 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 I've heard everything you've said, but for you, if you could pin it down a little bit more within you, what was this dramatic shift that brought about the confidence? Because there was a shift in your confidence levels. I think it's, um, at the moment, it was taking things in my own hand. And I, I knew if I don't do it now, um, it would be never. Um, it just it just triggered something when you asked me to write my objectives, and I said, "When do I want to achieve these? Um, there, the must. It, it's now or never." I think this is what triggered it for me. It's very often you get you know so bogged down in your work, um, and I'm, I'm a 
big believer in hard work. I'm a big believer in putting your head down and executing things. But in doing so, you're potentially missing out on the wider picture. Um, you should look out for um, what else do you need to do? What else do you need to do apart from hard work for you to achieve something? And very often when you're working, working hard, you, you forget about your target. Um, you, you're just working hard for the sake of it. Um, I think it was acknowledging the objective. What is your objective? And that literally for me is, was the awakening is my objectives there, but I'm not achieving it. What is happening? And once you, I, I identify that objective about making an impact, it's about how do I take things in my own hand and how do I make it happen? Mm. Um, and it's not about finding excuses. And you, you say it so, so well in your, in your talks. It's, you know, do not create excuses for yourself. I've always wanted to work for a multinational and to move out of Mauritius. Um, I just got married um, almost two years ago. And I thought my husband's never, you know, he's, he's quite embedded um, in, the, in, in Mauritius. So he's never going to be willing to move elsewhere. So why am I setting an objective to work for a multinational out of Mauritius? Um, but it's, it's about forgetting those excuses. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, um, he's actually agreed to move with me to um, a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Inside that conversation and, and how you managed to negotiate such a deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't come easily, definitely. Um, when I when I started the interview process, you know, for the first interview, he was like, yeah, amazing, apply for it. I don't think he, he thought it would happen. Um, um, so he's like, okay, first interview went well. So he's like, okay, so we potentially have to move then. If, um, you know, your second interview and all of your processes go well, that's what triggered, him, triggered it for him. Um, um, he didn't speak for, to me for like three weeks. Um, <laughs> I think he was just trying to process this whole change. Mm -hmm. um, for him, it's also about the ambition. Um, I was ambitious. I, was, I had my goal in mind and I'm trying to achieve something. And potentially, um, you know, we got married and we thought, I think for him, that was the common process that he went through over the, the three weeks. <laughs> for him, reflecting about, you know, my wife has this objective and she's reaching out to, to achieve it, even though he stopped talking to me and I said, listen, I'm carrying on with the interview process, whatever you say. Um, and I think it triggered for him, like, she has an objective and she's fighting and, you know, even our relationship to, to, to get to that objective. Um, it was potentially an awakening for him. Um, after three weeks, he came back to me and he said, okay, we're moving. Um, you know, you want to work for that? Um, I have to figure out what to do while I'm there. Um, potentially work for the same organization or for another one. But it is my chance to actually, um, you know, get out of Mauritius as well. Um, and it was amazing that, that just the shift um, that I wrote in him and that reflection that he went through and he accepted that we needed to move out of Mauritius for a bit, even though we were so, we actually are so embedded here, we have our families here, we just bought our plot of land to actually build our house only a couple of months before confinement. Um, 
And we're literally saying, let's give everything, let's leave everything as is in Mauritius. We're moving out uh, and going to achieve our dreams and going to make great things happen and be an example for our kids. So our kids can look back and say, mom and dad, actually, you know, you took such a, you were so adventurous. Um, so yeah, it was, that's the process. It was um, very emotional, a lot of tears, um, a lot of stress, a lot of sleepless nights, but uh, we're giving it a go. <laughs> wow. Such a wonderful testament to pure intent. Uh, going after what, knowing what you want, going after it, having that pure intent, um, knowing why you want it, you want to have an impact and um, bringing people with you to it, it. It's just such a beautiful example of how even as a woman who, who so many women have the struggle in terms of being ambitious and going after what they want and then potentially allowing themselves to be held back rather than going for it. So tell us, a, it's, it's, you know, that's, that's a beautiful um, example yeah. you've set for other Mauritian women. Yeah, I think it's a very important from the background that I'm, I come from, um, a very small village. Um, my dad is a civil servant. My mom's a housewife. Uh, she's a strong woman. Uh, she's always been there for us. But it's just that, that humble beginning where my dad had nothing. We literally built everything from scratch. Um, I've worked, I've, I've studied in one of the, of the best universities. I'm not bragging here, but, you know, I've, I've studied there because, you know, I got the scholarship. I've worked hard, got the scholarship, went to one of the best universities in the world, which is London School of Economics. Um, it's such a, I believe I am a role model for my immediate surrounding, my cousins and my nieces. And um, every action that I take is, Am I setting a good example for them? Um, eventually, what is amazing is um, once I went to speak in my local school, which is a very small school and a very small village of about 1,000 people, um, and this little girl heard me, I think, when she was like eight, and now she's um, about, you know, 18, and she came to me and said, I went to the, univer I went to the college you went to, and uh, I want to achieve everything that you've achieved. Um, I look up to you. And I said, this was never my intention to start with. Um, but I'm so happy I'm a role model for these little girls in my little village. Um, so I'm so happy I'm, make, I'm making a difference in their life. And, and I mean, what better joy and fulfillment than... Yeah having that impression on other people and for them to follow suit and follow their dreams and, and not be afraid to be held back. And, and I think, Anisha, you are, I not think I know you're making a bigger impact than just your village. Um, <laughs> it's, it's on your country and now you're going into another country. By the way, which country are you moving to? So my first duty station is Dakar, Senegal. Yeah, it's a very adventurous <laughs> awesomely adventurous and wherever you go you're going to have the same impact so what message would you love to share with with other women who are maybe holding back what what message would you share with them to help them release that that block that's that's keeping them back yeah um for me it's very maybe let me speak about myself and culturally 
even though my parents um, always pushed me, never, um, you know, made the distinction between me and my brothers, um, I think it's just the way that society um, treats women um, that makes us more um, submissive in a way. Um, we always feel like if we talk too loud, we'll be called bossy or pushy uh, or ruthless or, you know, I, I do get a lot of these names as well. Um, just because you're speaking out loud and you're challenging people, uh, challenging boys. I actually worked um, with a group of uh, 10 boys in my team and I was the only girl and I never allowed them to call me these names, um, but they jokingly do. <laughs> But it's just about breaking these bar barriers, these cultural barriers, these um, preconceived ideas of, you know, if you if you speak too loud, you're called bossy. Just, just you know, fudge everyone. <laughs> um, speak your mind. Um, sorry, Leon taught me the best lesson ever. I think it's just, you know, forget what everyone else is thinking. Speak your mind. Um, and that's the biggest message I will give the women. Um, and a lot of times I felt a lot of women um, consciously or unconsciously pulling back the other women's back. Um, and I potentially have done it myself without knowing um, because that's what everyone's doing. Um, but once you become conscious about um, how you're pulling your, your fellow women back, um, and try to change it. Empower the women around you. I think our biggest supporters are the other women around us because they've been through the same struggles. Um, so yeah, speak your mind and help other women. Women empowerment um, between women is so strong. And I think Bronwyn as well, um, the CEO of Grit, she does it so amazingly. Um, she created this forum called uh, Women in Property, women with grit um, and she just calls women for them to speak um, you know about their experiences you know um, these empowering sessions that happens between women to share the experiences which is amazing I think it's an amazing platform it's a, one of the way to empower women mm. um, so yeah that would be my message to all the women touch them all speak your mind <laughs> I love it touch <laughs> them all Speak your mind. <laughs> um, there was a story that you, you spoke about um, in the Bhagavad Gita. And this talks too to your target-driven mind. Do you want to share that with us? Because it's a beautiful story. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's all about setting your targets. You need to have a target in mind. And like I, spoke, I, I told you previously, it's very hard to lose sight of that target. And you just have to steer back in control, steer the, the ship back in control for that target. And it's actually, um, it's one of the stories I'm, I told you about it. Um, it's within the Hindu scriptures called Bhagavad Gita. There's this story um, which literally defined my work ethics and, you know, just the target setting. So um, there was this young prince who went for archery classes, archery lessons with other students. Um, and they were asked to target the eye of, um, you know, a puppet bird which was perched up a tree. Um, they were all asked to take position and take target um, to the eye of the bird on the tree. So once they have, they've held the position 
and the teacher asked them to describe what they can see. Um, they all said, they described the bird, they described the tree around, they described the color of the leaves, their surrounding, etc. And um, they, when they, when they um, took target, they all missed the target. And the young prince replied, he only saw the eye of the bird and nothing else, only the eye of the bird. And he was the best student, he, you know, bull's eye, he got the eye of the bird. And it's literally telling you the importance of staying focused on your objective. If you have a target, nothing should distract you. Um, once you set out to achieve that target, even in tough times, you just adapt yourself to achieve that target. Um, in times of crisis, when things are going hard, just think about your target, what you need to achieve. You automatically, um, I think it's the universe who does that, or um, I don't know what it is, but it's it just, you know, you would mold yourself into someone who is problem solving, who is better able to deal with crisis. You're more patient because you've got this target in your mind that you need to achieve and that you need to, to, to go for. So my personal story um, is when I started my studies in real estate, which was in 2008. Uh, and my brothers got me all hyped about, you know, the investment banks um, in um, London, Lehman Brothers, you know, you couldn't work in real estate in Lehman Brothers, do asset management, etc. My first day of university starting my study in real estate, Lehman Brothers went bust. Um, he took me out to Canary Wharf in London and literally out of Lehman Brothers, everyone's coming back coming out with a cardboard filled up with things, you know, people crying. Um, um, and it was, I was like, so this is my first day of university, what next? Um, my brother was like, don't worry, it's a cycle. It's a real estate cycle, but pick up. So by the time you graduate, everything will be fine. I finished my graduation. The political scene and the real estate market is not good. Um, political scene means that I don't get a visa to, to work in London, which I always wanted to do. I had to come back to Mauritius and work for um, Mauritius Commercial Bank, which was an amazing bank. I learned a lot there, but it was not working in real estate, which I always wanted to do. That was my target. Um, the real estate scene in Mauritius was even worse. Um, so there were no other companies which would offer me the experience I needed. Um, so after two years of gathering um, very valuable knowledge, very, very valuable skills, um, I went to do my master's in real estate and I said, maybe this is my chance, you know, um, I give myself a year, um, make myself more specialized and I'll go back to the real estate market. Um, when I came back to Mauritius, I had met um, my husband then, uh, my fiance or boyfriend then. Um, and so I came back to Mauritius Staying in London was not an option. I started working for Brawl, which was real estate, still not what I wanted. Um, started working for the Economic Development Board, still not what I wanted. Do I settle for it or not? It's an amazing job. Um, and this is where um, Grit appeared. Um, and believe it or not, it's the universe. <laughs> believe me or not, if you set a target, the universe will make it happen. A friend, a random friend sent me the job description for an investment manager job in real estate for Africa at GRIT. 
Um, and it was such an amazing opportunity. Um, I just, you know, grabbed it with my two hands, um, left my job behind and took, took that job, um, you know, wholeheartedly. Um, but th this whole story, just to tell you, my target was to work in real estate investment in Africa. I never lost sight. During this whole path, um, I worked for two most important institutions in Mauritius, Mauritius Commercial Bank and Economic Development Board. People thought I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and just that naysayers will always say you don't know what you're doing. Um, but just have that target in mind. Um, you will persevere through, I don't know where I got the strength from, but I did it. <laughs> it certainly is that power of intent which gives you the strength and, and, and your mind is geared so that when you've got that firm target, the mind helps you. It, it, it almost orchestrates things to, to help you find it. And then there's a morphogenic field around you that, that, that works to attract. The, so you, you've learned the secrets to, to manifestation. And <laughs> once you have that, it's like having a magic wand, and, but it all starts with knowing what you want. So, so it, to wrap up this, this oh, I mean, you, you've touched on the greatest secret to success, truly. Um, <laughs> is, you know, really, so many people don't know what they want. And, and then they, even if they do, they don't have the courage to go after it. You must have, so you must do scenario planning, given that you are so firm in terms of what your target is and going after it and finding those open doors, even if some of them were shut closed. You must have known what you were going to do if your husband said he was not going to move with you. So how were you going to handle that scenario? Um, surprisingly, I never did any scenario planning. For me, it's let's just give it a go when the time comes when he refuses we'll we'll see what needs to happen um and i think that's the maybe the drawback of having your mind set on something um but also having known that you've given the most to, to get what you want and you've given it your everything even if you don't get it it's like i've I tried. Listen, like there, there was no scenario planning. That was my target. Um, it didn't happen. Um, I gave it my most. So what next? That's when, you know, the plan B kicks in. Maybe it's not such a good, um, uh, such a good thing after all, not to, you know, do scenario planning, but um, sometimes to get the strength of doing something is knowing that there's no plan B. Um, that's it. <laughs> I love that, that, that's pretty kick-ass. It's like, <laughs> so this is what I want. I'm going after it. And um, I know if the door shuts closed, a hundred others are going to open. And that's such an incredible, incredible philosophy that you have that has really opened so many doors for you and, and thank you for sharing such an important and powerful uh, success success secret uh, with us today so what would you say is if you just scan your life and you look over everything that's happened what would you say or cite as one of the most magical moments that you cherish um so 
as geeky as it sounds and as childish as this sounds, but getting my O-level results um, was my most cherished success, even today, even after, you know, um, winning so many scholarships, winning so many awards, etc. It was that one moment back in my teenage years, um, which is my most cherished success. Um, like I said, um, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm the youngest sibling um, and I'm all, the only daughter as well. Um, I was very pampered um, you know, in my family, but was never pushed too hard. I was always you know, let to be. Um, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. But my brothers were always very driven. Like at, at the age of um, 16, 17, they were invited by the president of Mauritius to, you know, for a meeting. Um, my other brother was, you know, trip all paid for, went to meet Nelson Mandela when he was 17, 18. Um, they were always in the limelight. So I was always, you know, um, the one who was pampered, you know, never pushed too hard. And I said, mm, maybe I want to, you know, um, they don't want me to, you know, they're not setting targets for me. It's for me to set my own target. Um, so I set up my target and I started working for my own levels. Uh, I knew secretly what I wanted, but no one um, really, you know, pushed me to achieve that target. They were always supportive, always there um, to provide me with what I needed. Um, but, you know, they had zero expectations. Um, but I had my target and I knew I needed to work hard for it. Um, put my head down, worked hard. Um, come result day, um, I actually took my result slip. Um, I it didn't hit me. My dad started hugging me very tightly. He realized before me that I actually got the best result I could have received in an O-level exam. Um, and they never thought I could achieve it. Even my brothers didn't get that result. So um, they were so surprised. It's just that awe in their eyes. Like, how did she do it? Like, we never pushed her to do it. Um, she just took a decision. She set her own target. And, um, you know, it's just about putting your head down, giving it your most. Um, even I had no expectations. And I, that's when I realized I can get anything I want. <laughs> um, I just needed, I just needed to know what I wanted. <laughs> um, so that is one, that's my most cherished success, actually. It taught me a lot of things. That's fantastic. So one of my mottos in life is you can have anything you want, just decide. And you've certainly done that over and over <laughs> again, and you get winning results. So with with the past where you've 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 got so many beautiful things that have happened. Yes, there's been challenges, there've been humble beginnings, there've been disappointments. However, there are there's an amazing success story as well. And it's and you're just at the beginning. I mean, you've got a whole new world that awaits you. What are you excited about in, into your future? What what excites you there? Um so professionally, definitely um, starting out in the World Bank group just open um, this whole new perspective about making impact in the world, um, starting with Africa, um, you know, making Africa a better place, which I always wanted to do. Um, but personally, I think it's about um, having a kid and also showing them the 
the beauty of the world, the beauty of challenges, the beauty of successes. Um, so yeah, for me, it's creating impact in the world and creating that mini, uh, mini me that will also go on to make huge impact in the world. So this is what I look forward to. That's fantastic. <laughs> what, this show, the ethos of this show is about breaking through barriers by bringing humanity back into business. What would that mean for you and the kind of impact you want to make in the world and through your role in, in the World Bank? Yeah, so um, I do not directly, what I'm doing does not directly take people, um, you know, out of, you know, poverty out of slums. Um, but indirectly, what I'm doing is empowering the private investment sector to actually make an impact within a country, to actually make the country better and empower its people. Um, so initially, I'm working on affordable housing and um, how do I create an impact from there, you know, providing people with shelter so they can best deliver, um, you know, their value into the society. Um, shelter being one of the most basic needs of a human being. Um, so this is my initial role within the World Bank and I'm sure it will not stop there. Um, it will go on to expand over potentially um, my target is, you know, working with other emerging markets like Asia, Latin America, um, and to actually provide shelter for people, to provide people with basic needs. Um, we take it so for granted when we're in our house and, you know, complain about things like, you know, air conditioning not working properly, um, while some other people do not have a, have a roof over their head. Um, so yeah so that's the greater impact i'm doing currently and i hope it does help a lot of people to actually get um shelter over their head and actually get job opportunity and um, what we're doing will be creating jobs um for thousands and you know thousands and thousands of people across the world um yeah so that's in very short my job and my ambition for the future wonderful and i have absolutely no doubt that you're going to have an incredible impact with, with the, the dynamite um, passion that you have and the inspiration and the success toolkit. Um, watch out world, Anisha is about to um, ensure that there's housing for everyone. <laughs> um, if you had the opportunity to speak to all 7 billion people on our planet, what message would you love to share? Um, so I believe that people are inherently um, good. Human beings are inherently good. I've traveled, um, I've stayed in London, stayed in Europe, traveled across um, Africa and Europe. Um, and throughout my journey, my life journey, throughout my challenges, I've always met people who were always willing to help. Um, despite their own hardship, um, they put up a smile, you know, help you and never expect anything in return. My message to the world would be, um, we can make this world a better place if we can help each other, even in the slight, smallest way possible. For some people, this little help actually makes such a big difference in their lives. Um, if we send happiness to the 
universe, it will come back to us at an exponential rate. I would never have been able to go through all these difficulties and challenges in my life if um, I didn't have these hundreds of people helping me, even in the smallest way, um, from the neighbor next door when I was studying, who was providing us with dinner and lunches, to my landlord who actually cut their rent by 30% just to help me. Um, once again, it's just, you know, send the happiness to the universe. I knew when I was a student back then, my mother was here helping, you know, my neighbors, helping people in the slightest way possible. I knew it was coming back to us in an exponential way. Um, you know, just having these random people coming up to you, just offering their help. Um, so yeah, send happiness to the universe so we'll come back to you. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. And thank you today for being here with us, Anisha, and sharing such beautiful, profound, simple yet profound insights that make it those little things like you say, and that makes such a profound difference in our lives and enable no matter where your beginnings for you to go out, make a difference, know what you want, grab it. And through that opportunity, you're creating so many opportunities for other people. So thank you for sharing your, your insights and your beautiful passion with us and, and your energy. And I just want to wish you the a world of success um, because uh, if, if you're going to open up and do what you want to do out there, then the world is surely going to be a better place. So thank you and um, just go for it. Fudge them and just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should actually thank you, um, Carmen, for being part of my story, actually. Uh, every time I told my story about my struggle and how I went through it, you will actually feature um, as one of those people who actually are, you know, doing such an amazing job at teaching people to set their objective and not making excuses um, and actually going and reaching out for them. Um, it meant so much. Thank you for the job you're doing. <laughs> Such an absolute pleasure. My, my success is your success. And um, it's, it's just enriching to see what you're doing. So thank you for that. And um, I'm grateful to you too, because we learn from each other. So thank you. We're, we're going through an unprecedented time um, in our world where we're seeing such a convergence of crises. But as Anisha so beautiful, beautifully reminded us that when we have a target and when we help each other, when we connect and when we collaborate rather than compete and when we co-create solutions and most importantly, when we have the desire to have an impact, an entire world of opportunity opens to us. And Laichi also reminded us so beautifully when one door closes, a hundred thousand others may open. So let's go after what we want. And let's remember that we can do amazing things and have an impact in this world when we bring humanity back to business.